0: What we sang in that song is true. The gospel changes everything. It has is the turning point in human history. Before Jesus was born is what we call before the common era. After Jesus is born is now the common area. We live in the year 2018 after. Jesus was born. That message of Jesus completely hinges everything in human history. The good news of Jesus is the foundation for how many countries in the world uh, build their rules for how to live. The message of the Jesus can change horrible, evil countries into loving, peaceful countries. And it's a message That God has given you to share. Today, we want to examine uh, how, excuse me, what exactly it is that we're sharing. Why we must share it, and then how we're going to share it. You've heard this a lot growing up in church. Jesus died for our sins. How much can it actually really, genuinely change people? Today I'm going to share a lot of stories. Some stories from my own life, and some stories from other people's lives. This first one is from someone else's life. A gentleman went across the world to Papua New Guinea, to a place where he'd never been, to a people that he had never met, speaking a language that he couldn't speak, because he wanted to share this message to him. I don't recall his name, but he wrote a book about his journey. And the book is called Eternity in Their Hearts. The place that he went is Papua New Guinea. The people in this land still live like they're in the Stone Ages. They live in straw huts and hunt with bows and arrows, even today. These people aren't just primitive in their technology. They're also evil in the way they live. There, they are cannibalistic headhunters which means that it is a value to kill someone, cut off their head and eat them. And that is one of the highest virtues of their society. And this man went to go tell them about Jesus. When he went, he was not afraid if he was unsure that if as soon as he stepped on the land, they would not just kill him immediately. But he came at first as a doctor, being willing to help people. And that allowed him to learn the language. Eventually, he was able to translate the Bible into their primitive language that wasn't written. He created their written language. Then, he told them the message of Jesus. This people was so evil when it got to the part where Judas betrayed Jesus, they all (laughs) clapped. Because they thought that the best virtue that you could have was to gain someone's trust and then stab him in the, back, in the back right when he was looking. Then this man thought, how could people, these people actually change? How could they accept the message of Jesus? One of the bad aspects about being a culture that is cannibalistic headhunters is that they're always at war with other tribes, and people are always dying. But they had a, cu- a custom in their culture, if they wanted to stop the fighting... There was something they could do. The chief from one tribe could take his newborn son and give it to the other tribe as their own son. And that son from the one tribe would live with the other tribe. It was called the peace child. And as long as that peace child was alive in the other tribe, they could never fight. The man who was a doctor who went over there to tell them about Jesus saw this, and he recognized, I can now tell them the gospel in a way that they understand. Jesus is the peace child. The Father sent the Son, Jesus, so that we wouldn't fight against him anymore. When they heard that message, nearly the entire civilization believed in Jesus. They stopped being cannibals, and their culture has radically changed. That's what the gospel can do. And just like this man who went over as a doctor, spoke for God, you have a message, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you can speak to God today. And I want to teach you what it is that we're sharing, why we must share it, and then how we must share it. Before we do, let's turn our attention to God and pray together. God, thank you that you have preserved the message of the gospel in the Bible so that we can know it just as clearly 2018 years after Jesus was alive. Thank you that it's just as powerful and just as life-changing now than it was 2018 years ago. Now, Lord, allow us to know this message, to know why we shared a message, to know how to share that message, and then to share it without fear. And through my friends here, and their boldness to tell others about Jesus, God, let more people's lives be changed. Even tomorrow when they go to school, even by inviting a friend to come to the all night lock and the hear of the message. Allow us this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, y'all got your Bibles open, First Corinthians chapter 15. Alright, so let's answer the first question: the what, the why, and the how. What are we sharing? What we are sharing is the gospel. Gospel is a word that means good news. Well, what is that good news? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 to 8, says what this good news is, okay? This is uh, what we're sharing, our first slide that'll be up on the screen. What we're sharing. It says, 1 Corinthians 15, I would remind you, brothers... Yeah, it's not that yet, sorry, my bad. I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If, I, uh, if you hold fast the word I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. Here is the message. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas in the twelfth. So here's the message. Three helpful S words. Three helpful S words to help you know what the message is. The first message is this. It's about substitution. You know, like when you have a supply teacher in? The substitute teacher is there in place of the regular teacher. This passage says that Jesus died for our sins Jesus was not a sinner but died in our place for our sins it's a message of substitution it's also another message that is supreme a supreme message what I mean by supreme as it's in like the best message you could ever hear there's some good messages you could probably hear Good messages we heard this winter. Uh, school is cancelled. Pretty good message. Uh, if you're a um, soccer fan, you might have heard a good message this past spring. Toronto FC is the MLS Cup champions. Maybe if you're a Leafs fan, you hope to hear this message. The Leafs win the cup. Don't get your hopes up. There are some, But this message is supreme in that it is before all other messages... And greater than all other messages. The Apostle Paul said it was of a first important. It's substitution. It's supreme. Final S. It's substantiated. That's a big one. Substantiated. What do I mean by that? It means it's proven true. It's proven true. How do we know the message is proven true? Because Jesus didn't just die. He rose from the dead, and people saw him with his eye, their own eyes. There were eyewitnesses. Some people might ask, you can't prove that Jesus rose from the dead. Hey, um, can you, Diego, ask you, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Um, peanut Peanut butter. Prove it. Exactly, you can't. Yeah, see, that's right. When... People might say, prove to me that the Bible's true. Uh, They're trying to ask a science question about a history question. Uh, Here's the thing Diego could have done. I could ask his his parents, did did Diego eat a sandwich? Yes. And they could say, hey, I took a picture of it. Look, Diego ate a peanut butter sandwich, right? There were people who saw Jesus. It's proven true. This is the message. Because it's substantiated, that means you don't need to be afraid to share it. So, like, how could you actually share it? Like, think of a person that you know right now that doesn't believe the message of the gospel. If you were to speak to them tomorrow, what would you say? Oh, I would say it here's in a, in a sentence like this: Jesus suffered for our sins, so that we could be saved from our sins, and enjoy abundant and eternal life. But, you know, sharing the message isn't just about winning an argument. It's not just about reciting a script. It's about loving a person. So often they're going to ask questions when you share the message. So I'm going to pretend to have a dialogue with myself right now of questions I might want to ask if I heard about the gospel. So if I told someone hey, can I share you with the most important part of my faith? It's, it's good news uh, from God that offers eternal life. Uh, well, what's the good news? Uh, Jesus suffered for our sins so that we could be saved from our sins to have abundant and eternal life. Uh, I got a question. What's sin? Oh, um, sin is any attitude or action that breaks God's laws for right and wrong living. Sin is really serious. It separates us from enjoying the life that God created to live. And the Bible says that we're all guilty sinners. Okay, so so I get what sin is. Well, Why did Jesus have to suffer? Uh, Jesus had to suffer because the penalty of sin is, is death. But he willingly chose to suffer in our place because he said that he loves us. Okay, so if Jesus died in my place for my sins so I could be saved from my sins, how can, how can I actually be saved? Well, um, the Bible says to repent and believe. Repent means change your mind. Uh, it, it, change your mind and admit that you're a guilty sinner just like me and everyone else. Uh, change your mind and turn away from living that life of sin. And then uh, believe that Jesus' death was enough so that you can be forgiven. Then you'll be forgiven and have that eternal life. That's where that I would share. it. And maybe you're just like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Those pamphlets at the back that we have there every week, what I just said is in there. If you don't know what to say, take that and give it to someone. You know what? I told you I'd share some stories. Uh, I want to share one right now. When I was in grade 12, we, I remember us in the springtime having this like independent study unit. You guys have those? Like time where it's just like you got a project or coming up or I'm not, teacher's not going to teach anything. You just be silent and do your own work. You guys had that, right? So in my class, we were having independent study and um, one person decided not to be independent and she knew that I went to church and tapped my back around the shoulder and then just turned around. And without any warning, she just said, is it logical to believe that God exists? Uh, maybe, yes, I don't know. I was so caught off guard, and honestly, I'll tell you what, grade 12, I was scared. I was straight up scared. I didn't know what to say. And I was kind of trying to answer, but I didn't care about her enough to actually ask why she wanted to know the answer to that question. And actually, someone else that was a Christian came in heard that we're having this discussion and he jumped in and he was a debater. He just wanted to like argue. And as soon as he came into the discussion, I was like, I guess I can like back out now. And I didn't get the chance to actually tell her that Jesus suffered for her sins so that she could be saved from her sins and enjoy abundant eternal life with God. I wish I did. I was too afraid and I didn't care about her. Because this message is supreme because this message is substantiated guys you can share it without fear even if you don't have all the answers you don't need to prove the message that it is true for it to be true you just need to say it that's what we're sharing so then here's a good question why why must we share the gospel three things they'll all be on the screen right away then i'll talk about them Number one, why? Genuine sorrow for the lost. Two, because Jesus deserves to be worshipped. Three, because we desire others to share in the blessings of the gospel. <coughs> what do we mean by that? Well, first, genuine sorrow for the destiny of the lost. Hey, um, we, talk, we have this word to talk about what happens after death. It's called the afterlife. You guys heard of that before? What are the two places that Christians believe are set apart for the afterlife? What's one of them, you? Do you know what the other one is? Hell and heaven, right? Um, The Bible says that the destiny in the afterlife for those who do not believe in Jesus, who do not obey the gospel, is that they will suffer eternal destruction away from God in a place the Bible calls hell. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, God says that he desires all people to be saved. We should have a heart like God. That's sad that other people are going to suffer this because they didn't believe that someone already suffered it in their place. That, I, I have three family members who I can name off the top of my head who I know don't know Jesus. And I get really lazy sometimes and don't think I need to share the gospel because, you're like, ah, someone else will tell them. But I wish I had more of a sorrow for what might happen to them. That actually compelled a guy named Paul. He said in Romans chapter nine, "I have so much sorrow for what's going to happen for my 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 like countrymen who don't know Jesus that like I'd be willing to like give up my salvation for them." Genuine sorrow for the lost. Uh, why? Here's the second one, uh, because. We want others, uh, excuse me, because Jesus, I'm going to do number three first, because we want others to share in the joy of following Jesus. I wonder what you would do if you were given a chance to express yourself and what makes you happy in any possible way without limit. Maybe you'd want to come up and just stand and talk to before people like I'm doing. Maybe you'd want to just give me a piece of paper and I'll draw. Just give me a microphone and I'll sing. Just just, 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 just give me something, uh, 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 a guitar and I'll play music. If you had any chance without limit to express yourself in any way you want, what would you want to say to others? We always share most... What we enjoy most. The jokes you talk about. The TV shows you talk about. The thing that you think up about when you wake up in the morning. The thing you think about when you go to bed at night. The thing you want to tell your friends about and are aching and itching and it feels like it's going to burn out of you. We always share most what we enjoy most. And the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that he wanted to share the gospel with others because he wanted other people to have the blessing... That he had. The blessing of following Jesus is abundant and eternal life. Joy and peace and hope. It's like we have the only remedy for a terminal disease. We want to give it to other people. Because we want others to share in the blessing. And here's the final one. uh, Because Jesus deserves to be worshipped. And he's not. There's this guy, the Apostle Paul, went into the city... Called Athens. And he saw sculptures everywhere to so many different gods. And he actually was just going to that city to wait till his friend showed up, till he could go to another city. But he was so compelled by seeing all of the false gods, and he was upset. The true God isn't being worshiped, and all these false gods are being worshiped, and I can't just sit here and wait. I need to tell someone. And he did. When was the last time you guys went on vacation? Diego, we already chatted again, but let's chat again. When was the last time you went on vacation, Diego? Um probably like last summer. Yeah, where'd you go? Oh no, actually September. We went to New Jersey. That's cool. You have fun there? Yeah. What'd you do? That's so cool, man. Vacation is a lot of fun. You you can do a lot of things on vacation. You can go and see family. You can go and travel different places. When I was in university, my family took me to the Dominican. We stayed on a resort. We sat on a beach for days. And if I wanted to, I wouldn't need to talk to anyone except for them to fill up my uh, drink with more drink and to eat more food. I, I didn't have to talk to anybody. But I remember I was sitting on the beach, listening to my music, baking out in the sun... Getting burned because I don't tan, because I'm really pale. A- and then I saw another guy in front of me, and he was reading a book that I've heard of before. The book is called God is Not Great. And it was a book that was specifically saying that um, all religion is bad and leads to war, and those people who believe in religion should be. Like they, they sh- religion should be uh, discouraged. Essentially, what he said, and I saw him reading this, and I was just like, I'm getting, I don't know why, but I'm getting upset. I like, I felt like my, my heart pumping. as like I got, I got, I got to do something. I, and and my parents were right beside me, and I don't know what, what they thought I was thinking, but I just got up, sat down beside him, and I said, Hey, buddy. Uh, and he's like about my parents' age, so I was really scared. And I said, Hey, what's that book you're reading? And then he'll let me talk. Him talk for about like ten minutes, ask questions, and then I said, "Oh, I asked because I'm a Christian." And then we had a good talk about what it meant to be a Christian, and I was able to share him the message of the gospel. He didn't believe in the gospel there, but it was an in, uncontrollable urge that God gave me through the Holy Spirit to tell him, because I knew Jesus wasn't being worshipped. And he deserved to be worshipped. There have been times, listen, when I've been afraid, but that time, God pushed me. And God wants to push you too, as well. So that's, what are we sharing? Uh, That's, why must we share? And finally, how must we share? This is like the tone. Like, like, do I share the gospel like I'm an I'm a infomercial guy? Only $9.99 or your money back, right? Do I share it like that? Or do I, see it, do, I, uh, do, I do it like, a, like an urgent news reporter, just like there was a terrorist attack, and if you don't listen to me now, then there's going to be a terrorist attack in your city too. Or, or how do I actually like, speak when I share the message, Jesus suffered for our sins so that you can be saved from your sins and enjoy abundant eternal life? The Bible says four things that you, ways you can speak. And I would say it like this. Remember, you're not winning an argument. You're loving a person. You're not winning an argument. You're loving a person. So remember these four things. First, um, speak to God first. Speak to God first in prayer. Because it's not your correct answers that will convince someone. It's God's kindness, and power. Uh, pray this prayer if you don't know what else to pray. Pray, God, open their eyes that they might see the truth. That's it. Speak to God. And then uh, speak clearly. Speak clearly. Colossians 4 verse 2 says, speak it clearly as we ought to. The, the message of the gospel isn't a message that's like, um, okay, you have ordered your burger, do you want fries with that? You know, you can have it if you want to, but if you say no, it's okay. It's not a, do you want fries with that? It's okay. Clearly means being able, uh, saying it, that it's the truth in the only way. Say it clearly, like it actually has meaning and significance for them, and that if they reject it, that there's like consequences for that. Next, say it boldly. Ephesians chapter four, verse eighteen says that's the way we ought to speak. I'm not a scientist, but um, I remember a movie once that I watched. Like uh, it was called Mission Impossible Two, where a scientist, with his dying breath, told a special agent spy that he needed to deliver an antidote to a cure on the other side of the world, and that if he didn't get there, then lots of people were going to die. The the special agent's name was Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise. And uh, Ethan Hunt was not a scientist, but he went and he told people, you need to have this antidote. And it, it might be, you might be able to like disagree with a spy because he's not a scientist. People might not believe him, but the spy knew that he was speaking on behalf of the scientist and that he had the authority of the scientist to tell the truth to the other people even if they didn't believe how significant the, the, the disease was. That's like how we're supposed to speak. People may disagree with you, but you speak with the authority of God. And even if they disagree, you don't have to back down. You can tell the truth. But then also, don't just speak boldly. Speak 1 Timothy 2, verse 15. 1 Peter 2, verse 15 says, Gently and respectfully. Because we're not trying to win an argument. We're trying to love a person. If you speak to God first... Speak clearly, not wishy-washy. Speak boldly, because you're speaking on behalf of God. And speak gently and respectfully. God can use your sharing so that other people can be saved. This is a message that can change the world. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have this job just like every other Christian of every other time. So let's shine bright together. Let's pray now. God, thank you for this time that we've been able to spend together. Lord, you are uh, your message of the gospel is fantastic. It's, it's glorious. It's great. It's life-changing. Thank you that you've given it to us. It's so valuable, Lord. We're, we're, we're so glad we can share it with others. Give us the courage from your Holy Spirit to be able to do that to know to whom we should speak it to, and to speak it without fear. And God, allow, through the testimony of people sharing here, allow people to be saved, and to even join our youth ministry, so that more people might worship you and love you as you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. It's time for small group! All night long, it is Friday. Bring a friend. If you're staying just till midnight, it's free. If you're staying till the morning, $5. Um, I have a yeah, buddy, what's up?